Welcome to the 107th episode of the Carscast movie cast. Uh, Jeff, what is the oldest, uh, and honestly, Nate, you can, you can answer too if you want. In what state is the oldest winery in the United States? Um. Uh, see, I feel like the obvious answer is California, so it's probably not that. I, mean, I have a guess. So, okay. yeah, okay, what's your guess? Wait, okay, what state is Plymouth in? Plymouth Rock. There's a few. Well, that's Is Massachusetts. That, can that's Massachusetts? I don't know. I, I feel like um, they were they were making making right. wine as soon as they <laughs> hit the hit the states. That was like the first thing they were doing. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna go Vermont. Okay. It is. That's close. It's New York. Um. So mm. close, but not mm. entirely there. So uh, the Pilgrims yeah. weren't. Wait. The question was. What is, state has the oldest winery? Yeah, in what state is the oldest yeah. winery in the United States? So honestly, it may not be the first. Does that mean the first? Yeah, so it's just the oldest one. This that is still the one. Exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's mm-hmm. a lot of layers to the question, but um, great start. Uh, anyway, if you <laughs> if you guys could tell, we have a special guest this week. Um, you may know him as Mister Simp Sexual, <laughs> or. Many other things. Uh, thanks for being here, Nate Veroni. Of course. Right. Thank you for having uh, me on. <laughs> Nate, Nate Verone. Verone? Okay. I, I I should have told you how to pronounce it before we started. See, I, totally fine. my roommate also follows and knows you, and she told me it's Nate Veroni, so whatever that's, works. I think uh, that works. It's, <laughs> it's up to the, it's up for interpretation. That's how, that's how I view my last name. Yeah. I, uh, I've known Nate for a while at this point because we used to make some some videos when nate lived in chicago yeah, yeah me and jeff go go way back and jeff like is such a talented director cinematographer editor like he just does everything and and i was like just a fucking idiot comedian in chicago and like somehow stumbled into jeff and he's just like so great to work with and we made like uh, we made like i don't know like three or three or four videos together and uh i don't know those were like some of the most fun i've had like making stuff in my in my career in in uh doing comedy in chicago so yeah i i i've only seen versace angels but really really yeah i felt the opposite (laughs) i felt like your level of comedy was way above my skill in helping you make it (laughs) Oh my God! No, no, no way! Like I, I was like, honestly, like I can't believe I have like a real, like a person w- that knows what they're doing. Because all I knew how to do was just like perform, and I was kind of like dipping my toe into like directing and stuff like that. So I was like, oh my God, this guy has like is going to school for this stuff, and <laughs> <laughs> like has gear and knows how to like edit and shoot everything. So. Um, yeah. It made me feel I, more comfortable, like making stuff. Honestly, well, I'll take that. <laughs> I will. It made you feel more comfortable because you realized I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were both in it together. 
Yeah, like the uh, the one thing I think I remember most making stuff was the web series that we shot in one day. Yes. Oh my god. Where <laughs> it, it was uh, what was that called again? Uh, the Young Professionals Network. Young Professionals yeah. Network. Yeah. Um, the thing is that I was I actually initially had a sound person to help me, and then they bailed at the last minute. Oh, so it was really? just me. Yeah, and Nate had about 20 improvisers over, like, seven hours coming in and out of this small room at Second City. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of one of those, like, early days, like, kind of ignorant to how long it takes to shoot stuff. And I had shot a bunch of stuff before that, but I was just kind of like, yeah, we can get, like, all this done in, in like, one day. And it was – we shot, like, you know, like – three episodes that were like maybe seven to 10 minutes long each or so. And Jeff was yeah. like one man banding the, 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 <laughs> the sound, everything. And I, I remember at the end we were both like, just so exhausted. Like I felt like I like yeah. couldn't even like think. And, uh, but, um, that was really do you, fun. Do you remember the last shot? <laughs> no, I, I feel like I blacked out by like the, the, so, the last three. So we, of it. yeah, we ran over on time and so we thought someone would come in at any moment. And the last shot was me, like, filming you wearing a thong. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were getting, like, a close-up of, like, my hairy ass. Like. <laughs> uh, it's wow. so funny because that's, like, so stupid. And we were probably doing it, like, so seriously. Like, yeah, get in. Like, I want people to see that, like, pimple right there on the ass cheek. You know? <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I don't know how much I you're like you would want to talk about Mr. Simp Sexual, but like I feel like that's really blown up on TikTok at least. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been following you on Instagram and it's been great there, but I was not aware you had like over a hundred k on TikTok. <laughs> but yeah, I I like kind of I don't I don't want to say like kept it a secret, but I was it was like a, a little project. <laughs> that I wasn't posting anywhere yeah. and I was just like making it like at, kind of as like an inside joke for a couple of my friends and it just started blowing up like organically and I really liked the like keeping it away from like the comedy community because it because <laughs> I really wanted it to feel like this was like a real person and teetering on the line of like, is this a joke or yeah. like, like I wanted people to be really confused when they, when they looked at that page. Um, yeah. but now it's like, it's, I think it's a little bit more obvious that it's a, that it's a joke. Yeah. I, I think initially you, I mean, I, and not really, I think you absolutely fooled a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. Into thinking it was a real person. Cause you were getting on like TV shows <laughs> Yeah, where people were making fun of you, but what they were doing was just giving you free publicity because you were doing that completely <laughs> deliberately. Yeah, and if people don't know, Mr. Simsexual is a uh, a character who's who's uh, has drawn on. I'm bald, and you can't see from my hat right now, but and I draw on hair with a Crayola uh, washable marker, and I draw on a really thin chin strap onto my chin, and where just everything that i have like the glasses and the earrings are like you know the budget for this character is like under ten dollars on amazon <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's low budget and um and mr simsexual is the horniest man on the planet he's lives in michigan and 
he thinks that like doesn't really know how to use TikTok and thinks it's like a dating app and it came from like um you know on TikTok it's mostly for you know dancers and like teenagers and college age kids but there's this whole other sector of TikTok where it's just these weird like adults and the younger people are like get the hell off this app like this isn't for you you know and it's so funny to like <laughs> kind of I, I, I like i like that aspect of like um like you don't belong here kind of a thing and <laughs> but the way the algorithm works is that it'll just show up on people's feeds like you have you, you kind of have no choice like it'll just pop up on people's feeds who don't want it there and yeah. they're like, oh, God, like, what the hell? <laughs> I did not want this. Yeah. I really like your yeah, comment I, sections because most of them are like, this was my last TikTok for the day. Like, <laughs> it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yes. log off now. <laughs> that is like my favorite yeah. part, just seeing people like, they're like, bro, I just woke up. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, my favorite one, I think, is the, it's like the, the, the hack where you use the part of that like the toothpick as like an earwax uh, <laughs> yes yes yeah yeah i use the toothpick and like shove it up my uh, what do i do shove it up my nose and then just eat it and then like, <laughs> like, oh my god like what the fuck <laughs> people hated that one i love the yeah. grossness of it too like he kind of like says things really sexily and um and it kind of veers off into like you know non sexual teetering on like really disgusting commentary yeah, yeah. i mean I, for real <laughs> though i love using platforms like tiktok um like you do where it's actually becomes its own like art form <laughs> because you're doing you know something that's completely against what the platform is for <laughs> yes um yeah i like that you, you've done it successfully i tried to do something like that with an instagram story where i shot it on like a cinema camera like <laughs> sideways and then did this very heavily edited story so then when people were going through their instagram stories there was this like really weird thing where i was like in front of a black background and like all the special effects and like you know tens of thousands of dollars of lighting i love that but <laughs> i think that people should use people like everybody on social media is just such, like it's you're you benefit from being like a clone on there especially on tiktok like it's like it's mm -hmm. made for people to follow trends and and do what everybody else is doing but i feel like there just needs to be more we need a, an awakening of orig originality on these uh platforms and I, I and i do want to say this i've had so many content violations community violations on tiktok <laughs> the community like the i i can't believe i like chose this app to put this character on and i feel so frustrated by doing it because the character is so nasty and so sexual but it goes completely against all of the community guidelines on tiktok like every like basically there was a point when like probably 70 percent of my videos were were like instantly banned from tiktok and i did have an account that full account that got uh, like shadow banned and my my live is banned on the Mr. Simp sexual account because I <laughs> I went live one time 
as that character. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I just can't help myself. I was like, I, I, I was just like improvising as the character. And I was like, just doing this grinding tutorial and showing people like how to grind. And I was using this pillow, this huge pillow. And I was just like, really like, kind of like fucking the shit out of this pillow on TikTok live and it was just like boom like done banned you can never go live again um so it's been i'm just wondering if someone at tiktok was watching that i think there like i think you. there's one person who's like on the community guy of guidelines violation team who's like specifically on my account like and has to watch and i hope it's some like like sheepish like evangelical christian or something like that who who wants no part in watching my videos or dealing with this and has no idea it's like a character <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I i hope it's somebody yeah. i'm ruining somebody's day at tiktok headquarters um i bre- i know jeff like briefly mentioned it and i was just gonna ask you like kind of what the weirdest or craziest thing to come out of doing this character has been because i know you were on your mom's house which was the tom segura podcast which i thought was hilarious because they're actual i feel like they're comedians who didn't get the joke um but i was just gonna ask like if there's anything else that's been really unexpected to come out of doing this character i think that was the that was like the the one of the most gratifying things I'd say is being on the your mom's house because Christina P who's uh co-host the show with Tom Segura she's like a like in her bio on like Instagram says like TikTok cur- curator and she's kind of like the queen of of cringe uh TikToks and they and they have like you know they they just feature like all the cringe content on there and so I thought of it as like an honor that I like past not only did i like get featured on like a uh people thinking it was real but it was like you know the person who who's like an expert on the cringe content there like uh, thought it was real so it was like a really huge honor that i convinced them and i think she well that account got banned that she was posting about so i think she might have caught on i don't know how but i i think like it, it it became more apparent like and I and I intentionally made it a little bit more like obvious, like that it was a, it was a joke because I was like I kind of don't want people to really think this is like <laughs> a real person, like. Uh, but I think that and like there's there's been a lot of like it, it's like such a mix of responses because like my DMs on TikTok and Instagram and whatever are like either like fuck me daddy or (laughs) or like i want to show up to your house and kill you (laughs) like like it's there's no in between like people either want to like fuck the shit out of mr simp sexual or they want to murder him and it's just so polarizing like i think that that has been like a really uh unexpected uh response from from people but i enjoy both so if you want to kill me or fuck me like i i appreciate both (laughs) (laughs) sentiments that's amazing um well we can get into the movie if you guys are yeah i mean there is i think you know some crossover in mr simsexual and the film that you picked absolutely (laughs) um yeah so we usually ask uh the guests why they pick this film so if you want to elaborate well i picked this is spinal tap because one it's 
one of the greatest comedy films of all time. And I really love comedy filmmaking in particular. And I feel like it is a very dying, maybe dead. It, it feels like a dead genre right now to me personally. Uh, Cause one, the film industry is just, it feels like it's tanking and the, uh, amount of people that are interested in making comedy films I feel like has dwindled just because of the rise of television. Um, and I think people that would go on to make great comedy films would rather make a TV show and it's totally understandable. Like that's where the money is. I think it's like maybe easier to get into that industry right now and it's bigger, but, um, I don't know. I just thought I just originally saw this movie in college when I was first getting into doing improv and getting my start writing and just just getting into the comedy world in general. And I it blew me away as like a movie that was just paced so slowly and it's so patient and the the jokes are are just they're so authentic and I just never seen a, a, a comedy film like that. And, and I re and I rewatched it, uh, for this, this, uh, podcast and it, it just, it just like proves everything that I was thinking about it previously is that it's like, um, I feel like there's such an absence of pacing and comedy right now. And this movie is just like, it was felt so good to just watch something that was just like took a breath and it was like, it, it just felt even more original like now. Cause you, you everything is so fast paced right mm -hmm. now. Um, so I just, I just think it still stands out today as one of the great comedy films. And I think, um, people shouldn't forget about it. Totally. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought it up. I feel like we've, Jeff and I have accidentally or in some way referenced it a few times on the podcast. So it's mm -hmm. good to finally, I think, talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just watched it for the first time, uh, like not too, like two months ago, to be honest. And yeah, as someone who's like just now watching it, who's like, like relatively young, like way after it came out, like it still holds up so well, like for its time like this is still very funny and would hit just as hard if it was released today and like i feel like that's super special in itself yeah um, and i yeah. i think like comedy has such a a shelf life like a low shelf life and i think like chris rock might have said this once of, of like like the you look at something that was made in like the 80s like a comedy especially like that was written and it, it does not hold up because comedy just evolved so much but this is so based in reality that it really does feel like a timeless thing that you can just watch no matter what era and it's still it's still really funny yeah yeah i so this is the second time i'd seen it and the first time was probably 10 years ago uh and what struck me was and i think this is why it holds up so well is just the subtlety in the comedy Mm -hmm. um, where it's, I mean, again, kind of like Mr. Simsexual in that the ambi you know, the ambiguity of is this real or not 
Um, and I'm sure that was much greater when it came out, when you didn't have the internet and can be like, wait, is this a real band? Um, but yeah, the ambiguity and is this real? Because they didn't go overboard um, with, you know, making it so ridiculous that it's unbelievable. Everything is just ridiculous enough to where it is still plausible this could have happened. Yes, I that is like probably my favorite part of this whole the whole movie is that I, I really love the response from the the rock and roll community to this film. And somebody when I first watched it, my friend, uh, my roommate actually in college, he's like he was uh, really into you know classic rock, the Beatles, like and was like historian level of of all that stuff and he told me i don't know if this is true but and i and i couldn't find this anywhere but he said that a member of aerosmith like thought it was a real documentary about a real band and it's like like you (laughs) i just thought that was so funny because it's like this is the person that this is like parodying is like you know Mm -hmm. a member of a huge band like this and even they can't suss out whether this is like <laughs> fiction or not and i mean there that I, i'm sure that musician whoever that was is is um probably a little bit of a, a fool because i think it is <laughs> it is obvious that it is a comedy but i think mm-hmm. it's funny that it fools people um into yeah. it's, I, it's not that that sweet spot of like yeah. fiction and uh non-fiction yeah i think a lot of the the comedy also comes from the fact that you're aware that even though you're not being fooled it's like you're in on the joke but you're aware that it's just you know close enough to reality that it could fool someone else yeah, yeah. so it's like i don't know i think because again that's the same with your uh, mr Simsexual, is that part of the joke when you're in on it is that you're aware that it will fool other people and that's like what's funny is to be like part of you know the in crowd on the joke totally totally I was just going to ask, like, if you have seen... I know this is, like, technically not a Christopher Guest movie, but, like, if you're a fan of Christopher Guest at all or, like, have seen any of his other mockumentaries. Um, yeah, I I love, love, love Christopher Guest. Like, I think those those are another group of films that I feel like are, like, timeless. Like, you can just watch them over and over again. And... And I really just love, like, I think what connects, like, Spinal Tap and Christopher Guest and the the documentary now is the use of improvisation in, in film. And all of them, because, like, most of the dialogue in Spinal Tap and in Christopher Guest films is completely improvised. And I think there's such, like, a an authenticity to it. And especially in, in spinal tap, they, um, like they said that they used a lot of the first takes, um, just because they wanted all the other actors in it to be surprised by what everybody else was going to throw out. Like they had like, you know, outlines for stuff kind of like in curb your enthusiasm, but I don't know. There's just, I guess as a comedian, I am, I I am a little bit um, distant to like written dialogue or, or like just contrived comedy in a way like written setup mm-hmm. punchline wordplay type of stuff like that doesn't do it for me personally like I I get that that is a function of comedy and a lot of TV comedy is built on 
wordplay and really clever joke writing but the 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 funniest thing to me is performance and capturing authentic performances and i think that in this is spinal tap and in all of christopher guest movie he he casts literally incredible people who are really good at improvisation and just lets them go and i think that this you don't see this a lot in films is because it's hard to convince people with money to like give you <laughs> just tell yeah, them like, i don't have a improvise. yeah yeah like we don't have a script like they they had a tough time making this spinal tap they they were given 50k to write the script and they spent three days in a hotel room trying to write the script for this is spinal tap and at the end of it rob reiner was like the i think he was like this isn't working let's just shoot a demo and like improvise it so they so they took the money that um they were given to write the original like rough draft and they just shot a 20 minute demo of what this is spinal tap and a lot of it did um make it into the 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 actual film yeah. um but yeah they were like I think it, they they said that like Rob Reiner and you know the uh, when they were pitching this to studios they were just like what are you kidding me like no way we're not gonna do this and it's always I I also love it because there's I love the thing that is um, resist like there's so much resistance to it but then it becomes a great thing like I feel like Seinfeld was that way like they're, they they initially like. Um, the the ratings for it i think like seinfeld has like a plaque on his desk that says like uh a really low like the lowest audience score rating of any tv show and then it becomes <laughs> one of the greatest you know shows of all time and same with spinal this is spinal tap it's just so funny that like executives can't realize or trust like artists i guess like i mm -hmm. think that really pisses me off about like the the film industry and just the industry in general is that mm -hmm. there's there's a there's a lack of trust, but I guess that there there is a reason why <laughs> why that that's the case. But sometimes it's just it's just best uh, to to believe in you know these artists and let them like do what they think is going to be the best mm -hmm. version. And and it's like this is one of the greatest comedy films of all time. Like and people, so many people yeah. doubted it. Totally. So do. You you think because not only are you a comedian but you're also a very good improviser uh and you're probably one of the only people that actually has at some point been paid to improvise <laughs> <laughs> um which is because that was a what like one of the sections when you were on the second city main stage mm -hmm. there there's like there was like an improv section of that right yes so i was on the second city main stage and did two reviews and the way that works is um, so I'm like very familiar with the improvisation, especially with creating material. That's where I'm more interested in, uh, that mm -hmm. art form. I, I, I'm not that into like the pure art form of like improv as a, as its own thing. Like we all create it together, get a suggestion from the audience. That's great and all, but I really love it as a tool and a tool to reach like more authentic moments um, and get rid of that, like the, the kind of like arbitrary in my mind, like filler dialogue. And really you get to these like really surprising 
uh, moments when you get to improvise. But in Second City, there would be uh, a whole sketch show that was, you know, sometimes created through improvisation, and then you script it out later over many repetitions of doing it on stage. And uh, but most of it was just straight up written, and I think that's like a big uh, misconception mm. with the second second city process but there is a lot of improv that goes into it but at the very end of the show when the lights go down you do like a two-hour sketch show and then you say hey would you like to see a little bit more and then we just do some improv games and free form it's different every night but yeah i would for two years i improvised like every single night and have a lot of experience doing uh improvisation but i really yeah again i just really love like it specifically in filmmaking improvisation and i think it's such an underutilized tool um and and i think you're jeff you shot the versace angels video but Mm -hmm. my favorite person and i really love directing improvisation like i i love just like eric rahill who is in the versace angels video he's like one of my best friends and I think just the funniest person on planet earth. And like my favorite moments shooting stuff is just being behind the camera and, and just being like, Eric do this and just seeing somebody like knock it out of the park. And then you have this feeling inside of you like, Oh my God, this is the fucking take like that. That's my favorite feeling on earth is like, Oh shit. Like this is the fucking yes. Like, yes. Oh, it's like yeah, I remember one line he said while we were shooting that I thought was so funny. It was when he said he like was lining up demons and like shot them. <laughs> <on> the <head. laughs> yes, yeah. His character is like a an angel, and he was like, um, just he just got into this like really dark, like apocalyptic <laughs> version of what heaven and hell is like. <laughs> and Eric's mind is like just so wonderful, and it's. <laughs> And it, it's very violent, too, and can go so dark. And yeah. the way he says it, he's just so he does it with such a straight face, and it's so believable. He's yeah. such a great and actor that it's just incredible. The best part was then he, like, flipped it so that it didn't actually kill me. He's like, yeah, and they were pissed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and you could only get that through, like, you know, I could have never written that line. I don't think... No one would have written Eric that. Eric couldn't ri- write that line. It's just, like, there's just this atmosphere when you're you get into like kind of a zone and uh, literally just magic happens when you, when you just kind of like trust your instincts and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, just shoot a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I want to like quickly say something about that because I fully agree. Um, I've been watching succession recently and Mm. that show, it's like not entirely a comedy, but it's such a good example of like, I just know like a lot of it is improv and it just, goes way past what i feel like people look at improv as because it just it works really well in like a dramatic context too where it's like i don't know like you said you just get like so much more authenticity even if it's not it's just filler really um totally yeah yeah there's this uh speaking of drama and improvisation are you are you guys familiar with the filmmaker mike lee Mm -hmm. he uh he like his process and he makes a lot of you know i think everything he makes is like basically a drama but he really focuses on character and does like a lot of rehearsals and his movies are totally improvised and they are you know 
very critically acclaimed. People love them. I think they're really amazing, but I think it works on, on, uh, just any genres is, a. Uh, especially in drama. And I'm such a fan of succession that that show is so amazing. And it's yeah. produced by Adam McKay, which is yeah. one of my yeah. heroes. And he is a, came from uh, second city, which is that did basically the same job as me. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, anyways, back to spinal tap. I forgot we were talking about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I think another part of this movie that works so well is that like past all the jokes, like, the narrative of it that they somehow weave into the movie works really well. Um, and I feel like that's a cool thing to come out of it too. Cause I feel like a lot of mockumentaries specifically, and this is the case with some of Christopher Guest movies. It's like, they're hilarious and they have like great characters, but the story is just kind of like there to keep it as a mm-hmm. movie. Whereas I feel like this is spinal tap has a very clear story that works at the same time. And, Mm-hmm. I just think that's really, that's cool. Yeah, me? totally. Like it's, I feel like narrative in, in a comedy is really tough because there's like, there's this other element. There's kind of like two pockets that need fill need filled in like a comedy film. And it's like, okay, you need like a narrative structure to like take the audience through it, but it also has to be funny. So it has this kind of like two different things it needs to do. And I, and I thought this movie just does so well on like, narrative and especially in like i think the the theme of it is is pretty clear like and um just just about like i i thought like in the 80s when people watched this it must have been so amazing because it you know your view of a celebrity in that time like there was no social media you just saw them as the the songs that they were making or the maybe like brief appearances they did on one talk show that was on tv and and maybe like a playboy interview at some point Mm. and you didn't really see behind the curtain and when you don't see behind the curtain i feel like you think of these celebrities or artists as you know deities in a way and you kind of make your own assumption of what they're like in real life and and because their music is so cool, because the Beatles are so cool, you, you think that they're probably so cool in real life. And and the fact is, is that the Beatles, Paul McCartney's probably boring as fuck to be around. You know what I'm saying? Like, ring, I don't, I, I, bet, I bet you, I, that's probably not true, but there, a lot of these legendary musicians are probably so boring and so stupid too. Like, I, I love that this movie just mm-hmm. kind of takes a jab at, celebrity culture and just artists with bad taste in a way like the all of the characters in it are just <laughs> they're just so stupid and it just shows how, how much of like um fleeting uh a fad can be because they go through all these different phases in the movie like or, or they show that previously they were like you know uh kind of mm-hmm. like a love me do Beatles type band. And then they got into like the more psychedelic phase and now they're on their way out They're They're, they're waning their, their careers are over. Um, and it's just like, I, I, I love it as like a, a satire cause it really does like just completely unravel what it's like to be a celebrity, a musician, a famous person. And it does it in such a, a smart and incredible way totally yeah Yeah. 
Have you seen The Ruddles? No, I'm not familiar with that. What's wrong? Okay, so that that was maybe it's one of the first uh, like music like mockumentaries, and it was um, an Eric Idle film from like 1970 about the Beatles. Uh, but um, just someone messaged me saying because I brought this up before on the podcast, and someone is like, "You're definitely going to talk about the Ruddles a little bit." And I was like, "Okay, sure." Well, let's let's but, let's um, dive in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the thing about the, the Ruddles that's different than this is obviously the Ruddles is from 1970, where I think that the comedy, the vision of it was more of just saying, hey, look, here's a bunch of band that's similar to the Beatles, and they just kind of go through. The film is kind of like the section of this film where they go through like the earlier stages of their career, but it's the entire film is like that. So they just do chopped up like segments that are like, here's what the Beatles were like in 1968. <laughs> you know and it's, it's it's a very interesting film but this is a much more um the vision of this is much more apparent yeah okay um, gotcha. but i still think the ruddles is worth watching because the, the songs in the ruddles are amazing yeah yeah it's uh so you're saying the guy this who is wrote like them a... actually got sued by the beatles for being too close to what? Beatles songs. really <laughs> yeah. wow that's incredible but i think that the, the ruddles had to have been partial inspiration for this yeah I, I would i would assume so i'm sure all of them were like fans of monty python at that time yeah and yeah i didn't know that that's that's really cool but yeah in the, the music yeah, you like this it's worth checking out. i will check that out but the music in spinal tap is like really good like it's yeah it's like all, all of the like the music is written by like chris Guess and michael mckeon and uh i don't i don't know if rob reiner wrote some of the music but they they're all like really good musicians and all of the songs are like, I feel like if this were made today, they would try to make the songs really funny, but the songs are like, just, you know, they're just like slightly funny and they're, they, they sound like something you would hear on the radio. Like if you heard it on the radio, you'd be like, okay, this is like, you know, uh, on the classic rock station, like this makes sense. <laughs> this, this could be like a hit song. Um, so it's just like that part of it is probably takes up a lot of real estate in the in the film and the music in it is just like it's really good totally yeah it the the restraint shown in every aspect of this film to not go overboard <laughs> yeah like just the accumulation of all the the subtle jokes i love is like what makes the i film. love when they like christopher guest's character is at the piano and he's like playing this like really beautiful um like ballad and he's just like yeah i just came up with this and then it, it feels like it's like a two minute scene and it's all just for one joke when he's like uh the the song is what's the song called and he says like it's called lick my love pump <laughs> and it's just like this crass <laughs> title and there's like there's a bunch of scenes in it that are like just really patient and and really subtle like the one where they're they're at that um that like tour launch party with <clears throat> Um, with Fran Drescher's character, Bobby, and uh, who's amazing. That was totally improvised, like that, uh, all of Fran's lines and that. And I was like, that that just felt so real. And I was really impressed by her performance in it. Yeah. But they just have like, obviously like an STI on their lip, like both <laughs> of them, like uh, Christopher Guest's character, Nigel, and Michael McKeon's character, David, they both have like, <laughs> STIs on their lips and it's like never referenced or like called out it's just like 
they're having like a normal conversation that's not funny and they just happen to have like this massive like lump on their their lip and it's like obvious that they both like hooked up with the same person like (laughs) yeah um i guess we can start wrapping things up because we have like a short q a but if anyone has any like final thoughts on the movie oh I'll, i'll say this i feel like a lot of the the style of Christopher Guest movies and This Is Spinal Tap is being seen in some of like uh, internet, like social media videos. Cause I feel like people are, um, I don't know that like authenticity and that like kind of like John Early and Kate Berlant style of comedy, I feel like is influenced by Christopher Guest and I feel like a lot of people are drawing inspiration from them and I, I I like seeing that. I think it's like making a little bit of a resurgence of just the, the kind of improvised um, dialogue and more authentic characters instead of just being like a, a character with like a catchphrase and like all these hard jokes. It's like, I, I like seeing that. So totally. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we obviously, I we usually do like a little star rating at the end. Um, I I really like love this movie. I gave it a four and a half out of five. Um, I don't know what everybody else is thinking. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at as well. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have to give it above that because I picked the movie. So I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give it a four point six. <laughs> I'm not giving it a five. Yeah, for sure. It's not there yet. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we have a very brief uh, Q and A. These come from our uh, subreddit, r slash carscast. I'm going to stop recommending people go to it because it's a mess. <laughs> but if you find yourself <laughs> yeah, it's, there. It's literally all like people putting our faces with like deep yeah, fakes on like Britney's Terrible tools. deep fakes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, th- these this first one comes from uh, Sachun at Lurie. And it is, what is the best moment you've ever had in a cinema? I did not give you guys the questions beforehand so i'll give you guys time to think (laughs) um i have mine okay i mean yeah okay nate you go mine was probably seeing the 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 first jackass movie because (laughs) i feel like i've never been in a theater where people were like that audibly active like laughing or screaming like I had never seen a movie where people were just like it was packed and people were just grossed out and just crying, laughing. Like it, it was just a, a movie experience that I had never had before, especially watching like comedies, like to see people like have that big of a reaction in the, in the theater. So yeah, mine's jackass the first movie. That's awesome. Um, mine is also a comedy. It was, and this is just, at the top of my mind um greener grass i don't know if you guys saw that um but it's i saw it at sundance at the midnight screening and it was after like three other movies i saw that day like i was exhausted and it's just i think it's a hilarious movie and most of i was so sleep deprived that i was like losing my mind at it and most of the audience was too but there were also like a good amount of people just walking out and it was just a really wild experience to to witness especially because it's such a weird movie but yeah it's the best one in recent memory yeah 
I would say that mine is watching the an episode of the web series I directed uh, <laughs> that Dan White wrote, <laughs> which Dan White uh, went to Ohio State with you, right, Nate? Yes. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, it was played at the Music Box Theater, so <laughs> that was that was fun to watch because it was like you know what seven or eight hundred people watching it. Yeah, that's really cool. Speaking of Dan White, I just uh, I, I you're familiar with the fan account Jeff. The, there's one for me called Sexy Boy Karsten, and I was tagged in a post this week, and I just realized Dan was following that account, which is <laughs> super random. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> um, this next one comes from Shama five one one five and it is top 20 minute episodes shows just shows that are have 20 minute long episodes um and someone in the comments said they bet i i'd say how to with john wilson and i'm gonna say that i think that's the best 20 minute uh episode show out right now so if you haven't seen it check it out but yeah, yeah that show is amazing yeah I yeah. don't know. Is it is Pen Fifteen count as a twenty minute? Totally. Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll go with Pen Fifteen. That show is incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll just uh. I'll say Nathan for you, even though obviously it's not playing anymore. If if you have not seen that by now, uh, you yeah, should go watch on. that. That's the greatest show of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Cool. And that's all the questions we have for today. Actually, just two quick ones. Um. So I guess we'll just wrap things up and yeah. say i you know. yeah i do have one last talking point for nate um i okay I, I just forgot the title but i recently for the first time saw the video on your youtube account where it's you uh do where you're in the that talk show with i guess it's a like a rapper that oh yeah not yeah yeah can you explain what that is okay so this is a youtube video called lit vibes and i am such a fan of like you know nathan for you ali g like like some of my favorite Mm -hmm. stuff is like you know where somebody's not in on the joke and it's like a comedian doing it so i was like i want to try and do something like that so i created kind of a fake um show that's kind of based on the no jumper if you're familiar with that and this i feel the complex show i based off of but anyways just like interviewing um like an up-and-coming rapper beat producer or something like that and i'm like there are so many kids right now that want to be famous and they want to be like these larger than life rappers that (laughs) i just wanted to just like meet a kind of like shitty white kid rapper and I enlisted the help of some younger people that came to one of my live shows. And I was like, do you know any person that would fit in this category? And they were like, this guy named Traffic Willis. Like, that's his his rap name is Traffic Willis. I don't know why he, he um, chose that to be his, his uh, beat name. But this dude was, like, super focused, like, and he was really, like, excited to be a part of the show and it was so surreal like we we did like an hour long interview and the the video is like seven minutes long or something like that and we just put this guy through like all of these different scenarios and had all these questions for him and it was so tough because you have to like stay in character the whole time and (laughs) and like just the the behind the scenes element is tough because i have to like greet this guy as this person and you know 
have like walk him through like where to sit and like have an after period he was like dude do you guys want to chill like he thought we were like sick he was like can we chill like after this and uh <laughs> and i was like just trying to get him out as soon as possible because i was like i just need to like fucking like breathe and not be you really have yeah. to like be in character the whole time yeah. like on and off your camera. wardrobe for that is <laughs> insane <laughs> yeah i just bought a bunch of like shitty stuff off of asos <laughs> that's that's awesome um cool well nate do you have anything to uh plug or promote uh before we sign off uh i guess just follow me on uh twitter instagram at nate verone um yeah or mr simp sexual on tiktok cool cool sounds good well thank you so much for taking the time to be here uh this was a lot of fun. And yeah, Jeff and I will see you guys yeah. in the wrap up. <laughs> Always good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Of course. And we're back. This is the that we're wrap back. up we promised. Um, this is the wrap up of the Karst cast. What episode are we on? 107. 107. 107. Big 107. You guys didn't think we'd make it this far. <laughs> we're doing that this far into the... <laughs> Yeah, apologies for the for no news this week. We'll be back with the news segment next week. Um, yeah, there was just no news. That's what it was. No news. Nothing happened this week. Um, yeah. What is the? Oh yeah. Okay. So we start by announcing next week's movie, um, and we've decided on my, my octopus, octopus teacher. teacher, available on Netflix conveniently. Um, so check it out. I'm. Jeff has not seen it yet. I'm honestly, it's like a really good podcast movie. I feel like documentaries are usually good because it's just real things that happen and there's yeah. fun stuff to talk about there. And it's, it's nominated for an Oscar, so it's relevant. Um, Perfect. Next, we want to uh, read a review um, to encourage you guys to leave reviews. I always forget to wait. I think I have it on this one. I do. I do. Um, this one comes from chartable uh okay and and this one comes from donald mooney who's a uh frequent viewer of the live stream i recognize the name comes from great britain uh subject line is a podcast for the ages five stars and it reads listening to this makes me happy what's the best thing about switzerland the big flag or the flag is a big plus Um, i you know what that's that's all we could ever ask for you you're you're happy listening to us right yeah yeah and that you also like the highest compliment and also that you like switzerland that's Mm -hmm. that's big if you didn't like switzerland you know what get go get out of here yeah yeah yeah. and you got the joke right the flag i didn't at all i I figured there was a joke and i (laughs) was not here's the here's the thing he told that same joke in my live stream saying Mm. best thing about switzerland the flag is a big plus because the oh, flag I get it now. Is a I, get big it. I get it. I get plus. it. I get it. And I didn't get it. Um, but now I do. But thanks, Donald Mooney. That's a good joke. Um, <laughs> next, we want to thank our lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash carscast. The best part of the podcast is thanking these names. Um, and they're the best patrons around. So yep. uh, and I'm, also, my favorite part, listen, do you read the names? Read the names, yeah. Uh, that second March episode will be coming um might be out by the i don't know when we're gonna do it but it's a long it's my fault i deleted the file um so we are gonna re-record it (laughs) 
you're getting those questions answered. Um, super sorry to all the patrons and to Jeff. Uh, <laughs> you know, I honestly, what I, this is my fault. I deserve it. Yeah. Well, no, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Go to patreoncom slash carscast. If you're looking for a good way to support Jeff and I $5 for, um, all the uh, all the perks, which include shout-outs at the end of every episode, Zoom hangouts, uh, exclusive Q&As, and much more. And $15 if you want your question read in the real episodes, or the, the public episodes, as well as just uh, supporting us a little extra. It, we'd appreciate it. But all that said, thank you. Addison Ware, AJ Ford, Ben Chow, Blake Root, Boat, Boyoyoyoy, Brock Schultz, Camilla, David, David Sir, Eden, Grant, Gao, Harry Remedianakis, Haytham Khan, I Don't Live in Ohio, Iva, Jaden Easton, Jacob Colmes, Jane V, John Van Hout, Joshua, Chris Wiki, Judy S, Justin Dickinson, KDT, Kaylee Patney, Liv Rob, Manu Alson, Martin Def, Martina, Mary Lee Borslow, Me Lovely Daughter Pearl, Micah Simmons, Monroe Page, Nora Barathova, Riley Ost, Robert Burke, Skylar Ermel, Sophia Arieta, Stella Perry, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, Smitty Werben, Jagerman, Jensen, Tump, The Coule de Francais, Traducis la Fraise, Suivant, de après partie pour la me- meilleure équipe ne lisez pas simple sans, simplement ceci 10 billion the monopoly man tom lakes beans vegard stromver s west kinley xavier fossier and Youssef a you know the pronunciation on that sounded pretty solid <laughs> it's definitely not it's <laughs> definitely tente de coup de français i do get français oh by the yeah, way you're... jeff yeah uh, yeah. I've been taking Duolingo for Swedish. Uh, trying to learn Duolingo for Swedish. Yes. Yep. Um, I have Swedish friends. If you uh, once you get to that level, I can you know hook you up with them, and they can tell you that you're doing. I'm sure great. Yeah, we can do uh, a podcast with them entirely in Swedish. I know how to say woman, which is givinan, givinan, and man is mon, mon. Perfect. That's all you need, honestly. My favorite is saying good morning, which is good morgen. Good morg. I pronunciation, we're still getting there. First You're week, getting there though. First I mean, week beginner's it, first level. Week, right. Yeah. Um well that, all that said, that's uh that's the episode. Jeff, do you actually have anything to say that we didn't get to touch on? Um The way you phrase that kind of <laughs> sounded like an insult. I realized it, and I was like, "That's not like, what do I you meant." Actually, have anything to say? Do you actually have anything? You That's not idiot. the way. I just meant like we didn't get a chance to really talk this episode because we had a guest on. Um, um, yeah, no, I. You know what? I'm good. We'll 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 talk in the next one. We will talk in the next one. That's scary. As we always do. As we always do on this podcast. All right. What if we release the podcast that was just silent? <laughs> we should have done that for April Fools. Fuck. Okay. I did have an idea. I, yeah, I had that one April Fool's idea, but we didn't go through with it because right, it's because it would have only worked if we released an episode on April first, and that 1st didn't work didn't with our happen. schedule. Yeah, so maybe next year. I don't actually know. We'll um, see. Yeah. So Jeff, do you have anything else to say? Uh, catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side.